this is a story all about how my life got flipped. Turned upside turned down. Turned upside down. <laughs> I'd like to take a minute, Uh-oh. just sit right there. You slap someone? I tell you how I became the prince of a town called Hackensack. <laughs> What happened? Yeah, I wonder how, how long did you rehearse that? What happened? How long did you rehearse that? Just now. Were you like in your boxer briefs this Just morning now. from the mirror being like. Just now. I can talk to Jersey. Contact and, and hand gestures. Come on. Hello, 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 and welcome to the remix. The video podcast that keeps you in the mix of everything real estate. I'm Noelle Fryson. Who are and you? I'm Brendan. Brendan who? Fryson. And you are? I'm Eric Fryson. No, just <laughs> <laughs> Eric Anderson. Welcome to the remix. We're really, really excited today because we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. But first, great job on, yep. on introing us. Brendan. He is our new host. You're going to take my job. Okay. I love you. Go. So we're really excited today. And, um, we're going to talk about, again, all kinds of cool things relating to commercial real estate. So my favorite topic, this is what I've morphed into in my last you know, 20 years of doing this, is commercial. And everybody who's watched this before knows that I love commercial real estate. So why do I love com- commercial real estate? Do you know why? I do. Why? Because of N-R-I-C. N-R-I-C. N-R-I-C is why I love commercial. We're going to tell you in a few minutes what N-R-I-C is. But anyway... The reason I'm wearing these sunglasses today is because we have a really shiny guest star today. So we're going to (laughs) introduce you to our power panel and then to our guests. So, Noelle, take it away. So, as always, we have Nima Mary. Nima. Say hello. No, I'm just playing. Hey, everybody. Uh, uh, Nima Mary is our legal eagle. He is the managing partner at um, a Mary law firm, and he knows everything legal. He is also a big time investor, so he's great to have on. Rockstar dealmaker. Rockstar dealmaker. And then we have our flipping. And highly competitive. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> then we have our Mine's flipping. bigger than yours. Oh, God. Size our matters. Kid is here. Kid is here. Then, sunglasses. then we have our flipping and investing expert. We have Omar Sharif, who is the VP of Alexander Anderson Capital Group. And then we have our special guest. Say hi, Mike. Hello, everybody out there. Mike Williams here. No, she meant to hide us. All that good stuff. Michael Williams is a commercial real estate agent at Alexander Anderson Real Estate Group. Welcome, Michael. So that's why I'm wearing my glasses. I'm going to take them off now. Ah, thank you for having Michael, me. Michael, your smile is, is so, so bright. bright. And, now that, exactly. and now that everybody took their glasses off, I put mine on. Oh! oh. oh. So, Michael, we are discussing commercial real estate. Can you give us a little bit about your background and how you came into commercial real estate? <sighs> yeah, well, I can say I can sum it up like this. Uh, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside, turned upside down. down. <laughs> I like to take a minute, Uh-oh. just sit right there. You slap someone? I tell you how I became the prince of a town called Hackensack. <laughs> What happened? Yeah, I wonder how, how long did you rehearse that? What happened? Oh how long did you 
Just now. Just, just now. Were you like in your box of briefs this just morning from the mirror being like. Just now. I can contact New Jersey. Contact and, and hand gestures. Come Damn. on, yeah, Daniel. <laughs> no, no, but, I, but, I, but I'll tell you how I got into uh, commercial real estate. Um, First of all, what school did you use? Uh, Come on, the greatest, the greatest school in town, obviously. The Center Alexander for Real Estate. Center for Real Estate. Okay. Come Wait, on, you, that's you a no-brainer. South Philly. <laughs> Center for Real Estate Education. <laughs> that's gonna be a thing. That's where well, he that's got his real gotta be like, no, like that's gonna be. He did it because it's online and you can watch it from your computer. Uh, All right, hold on. But so just remember, truck? you don't need a special license to do commercial in the state of New Jersey. Every state is different. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you for that caveat there. So, uh, my background, I New York guy. Came from the field of construction, construction manager, and uh, was very successful in that field. Enjoyed it quite a bit, um, but then uh, something was missing. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it much as time went on through the years. I wanted to do something different, and uh, I decided to leave that field. Um, a lot of people were upset at me because I did that. You know, how could you do this? This is crazy. You know, you're successful. You've reached a certain amount, you know, a level of success and so much growth that you have over there, so much responsibility. But um, I knew that deep down inside something was missing. I didn't quite know what that was. So I left the company, uh, kind of ventured off into my own. I, I realized that I didn't want to work for anyone else. That I knew. I didn't want to work for another company, no one else. So um, I started to just um, renovate houses. I, I, you know, I have my... Uh, contractor's license already, so I did that. And I said, okay, well, I'm, I still don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel fulfilled building houses, renovating houses. I don't really like working with these angry homeowners anyway, you know? So one day I was doing a Home Depot run in Hackensack, and then I was driving down Main Street because I just wanted to see how Hackensack is starting to change a little bit, if anyone's familiar with this area. Um, and then I see some signs on the commercial, you know, retail spaces, Alexander Anderson, Alexander Anderson, everywhere up and down. I said, okay, that's interesting. So I think quietly I was incepted by that. Oh, you changed his I life, think quietly. Right? I, I, didn't, I didn't give him full credit just yet. Not yet, <laughs> but quietly. So then eventually, to make a long story even longer, eventually I'm watching YouTube and I'm like, all right, well, maybe I should start flipping houses. I have to know how. It's easy, you know. And so I'm like, all right, let me, let me do that. But I don't want to give anybody else any money. So why don't I get my real estate license and I can just do it all myself? So then I'm like, okay, well, what school do I go to? So I'm Googling schools. And of course, <laughs> Alexander Anderson, <laughs> Center for Real Estate Education comes up. And I'm like, okay, so maybe that's a sign. I see all their signs already in, in Hackensack. I know the location. I know where they're going to be. So I decided to go and I, did, and I did that. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. But then slowly but surely, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, I really don't want to deal with residential you know, individuals. And maybe I don't want to flip houses anymore. But I want financial freedom. I want to have a you know, chance to enjoy myself. What am I going to do? And so I'm looking again. I'm down up and down Main Street. And I said, OK, let me get something to eat. I park and I see the sign again. I said, all right, you know, this, this, must be a, this must be a sign. How do I get a chance to lease out this property and sell that building? Forget about the houses. Forget about the houses. I don't care. I don't want to deal with these people who want to talk about colors and carpets. I don't care. How do I sell that building right there? And so I finished school, got my license, and then I reached out to this man right here. I didn't want to reach out to anybody else. I wanted to go straight to the top. If I'm if I'm not gonna talk to the person at the top, then I then it's not, it's nothing for me to do. I, 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 I stole, I stole the top I'm, just, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. So I reached out to him. You, you, can, drop you, get, you can attest to this. You can attest to this. I reached out to him and I said, listen, I want time with you. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want time with anybody. I want time with you. 
And I knew that if I couldn't get time with him, then it's probably not going to work. I need to be there. And, you know, he eventually got back to me within a couple of days. And, uh, wow. you know, yeah, yeah, seriously, right? I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> now I really feel special. Inside joke. but That was a dig again. You know, no, no. <laughs> just saying. So he did. And then we started to work together. And it's been magic ever since. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no. I mean, Mike's been with with uh, with our team for a couple of years now, and um, we love him. We love the fact that you have such a depth of experience in the, the commercial building industry, and and jumping into commercial sales and leasing and 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 development is just natural for you. And you've done a great job so far, and we're excited to have you here today because we want to hear what was it, Mike, that was lacking for you in that residential world, or what didn't click, and why did the 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 sunshine on commercial for you. What were those points? First, can we just say that commercial, right, is retail space, restaurant space, big warehouse, office space, things like that, development deals, things like that. Basically Uh, where you don't live. Anything but a single family condo or house. Right, Right. it's not an apartment that's residential or a vacation home, a forever home, condo co-op, those are all residential. Now, 87% of real estate agents- Uh, You can have a co-op that's commercial or a condo that's commercial. All right. (laughs) 87% of real estate agents go into residential. Wow. Right? So you have 12% who see the light and- the rest are in residential, so how do we con- convince people, right? You've seen the light. They've seen the light they have on their sunglasses. How do we show people what is the beauty of commercial? Well, well we're going to talk about that. So Got give it. us your points, what you liked about or what you thought would, would intrigue you here. All right, so just to go back to your, your original question, right, what, what's something that I noticed that I didn't really want, especially particularly as it pertains to the residential? Um, Really, uh, in a residential sector, it not to sound funny, I, I appreciate the statistic of 87%, but um, it didn't move me. It, it didn't excite me. I, I don't really enjoy, you know, showing people around to their to their forever homes and picking apart, you know, window treatments and and paint colors and the type of flooring and that's just not my that's that's not my thing. You know, I'm more I like to deal with. Um, this is going to sound a little funny, but I like to deal with more professionals who look they look at matters from a financial standpoint or a mathematical standpoint. What makes sense to you, right? And if it, and if property makes sense to you financially, then we can move forward, you know, and 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 get a deal done. I did try the residential thing um, just a little bit, the residential sales, and it, it was awful. It was god awful to me. Now, <laughs> no offense to to Adam, our partner, our partner who's not here right now. He he loves it. And he's very successful in his own right. Uh, with it, but um, it's just something that I knew I didn't want to do. And at, at this stage of my life and my mentality, I'm thinking if I don't like something, it, it, then I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to move forward at all. I'm going to change gears and I'm going to do something that I believe I like and I'm going to pursue that until I love it. Awesome. And how do you love it so far? Oh, I love it, man. I'm, uh, this, there's just no end to the possibilities in the field of construction. So you 80%. Uh, individuals doing residential stay over there. You know, no, I don't want to, I don't want to say that. <laughs> I don't want it's to be okay. too greedy, but I mean, it, it, this is this is. You're really looking for success, financial freedom. Uh, not to say that you can't get it from there. You certainly can. Uh, but in the commercial sector, there's a sector that's pretty much overlooked. But it's a small group of people doing it for a reason. So if you really want to reach success, then I then I greatly think that this is the field for you. So that's a good point. So commercial and residential both have tons of successful people in it but it's just i find uh, first of all you're not going to get a totally objective opinion from either of us on this side of the table because we both love commercial 
So, you know, maybe Omar, who does more residential in his past, will, will be able to fight for the, the residential <laughs> side of things. But um, I just love that you can take, if you're a business-minded person, and it's hard to say that because there are residential people that are business-minded, but maybe if you're a business-minded person who wants to do more like B2B, business-to-business, that's where the commercial aspect works better for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you could still be business-minded, but you may not you may not mind dealing with the, the homeowners because the homeowners traditionally are are it's less of a challenge. It's more you're, it's more like you're just showing stuff, and it doesn't require the same level of um, I think creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, although I know some of us yeah, residential yeah. programming <laughs> are fat <laughs> wet shit Ooh, on everyone doing residential. Uh, no offense, eighty-seven uh, percent. Like, like you know, it's, you know, not a lot of creativity. And, you know, you bird brains. You're doing your bird law. <laughs> oh my god. Listen, we love residential. We love residential. Oh my we god! Love I love my residential agent partners. Yes. I love on. lamp. Come on! I love residential. <laughs> you got to so say I, something. I, I can make a case for residential. Please, okay. please, Omar. Okay. Case. Guys, because, by the way, eighty-seven percent of you, yeah. according to this statistic, just got told off. <laughs> and, and, and keep in like, mind, talking about preaching and knowing your audience. And it's the same license to go into commercial as it is residential, and that license covers more residential than it does commercial to it begin does. with. Right. Yeah. So residential is the entryway for most people to even do commercial, number one. And it has commercial aspects to it. So if you don't want to work with homeowners, buyers, which I also don't, you could start flipping houses. You could build a rental portfolio. So Omar hates people. <laughs> <laughs> He's not off. Oh, yeah, this is <laughs> but, classic. But, but Omar does do a ton of sales. But I do. Yeah. So I do I do transactions, yeah. but I feel the pain of what Michael just mentioned because I don't deal <laughs> with... Communicating <laughs> with normal people, yeah. buying their dream home? No, torture. It's, it's a different... I'm so happy. I'm not the mean one this time. Okay, this is... But there are people who like helping others. Who yeah. like so hold helping on, hold on. people find true, their but, forever home. But you yeah. can also help people in commercial. It is helping yeah, at the end of the day, absolutely. solving problems. You're helping but, in both areas. Yeah, so it's a different pursuit because in residential... I totally agree. When you deal with people who want to find their forever home and they're searching for five different towns, looking at 40 different homes, who wants to deal with that? Um, Adam just 87% for me. of our viewers. <laughs> I think but, but I, they, they start out. I don't think oh, they start Jesus. out in residential. Yeah. And eventually they yeah. evolve. So. They evolve. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. You all right, involved Neanderthals so doing think, residential real well, estate. I think, I think this right. home, tell, tell everybody what are the hours in commercial? <laughs> Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. In residential, no doubt you're going to be working in the evenings and on weekends, 100%. Um, commercial, it's pretty much normal business hours. Yes. So, Michael, let me ask you Different this. Different lifestyle. In, in yeah. residential, how would, you, how would somebody achieve financial freedom in residential? Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> you have to evolve. Right, because that's what a lot of people want. So if, the cave. if that's what someone wants... Yeah. The commercial aspects of residential will get you financial freedom, right? One hundred percent. Now, why my, is that? Why is that? That's commercial. Yeah, that's but that's commercial, commercial aspects. He's, but you're still dealing right, with homes. Flipping houses right? is flipping in a business, right? Correct. Agreed. Well, and you're flipping a lot, a lot, a lot of terms being thrown around here. Yeah, yeah, very confusing. But meaning Agreed. the business side of residential, not so much the consumer side. What's the business side of? I don't understand. What's the business side? The, of the side of Omar doesn't have to talk to people. To, yeah, I'll let the agents. Handle that. Part. You buy the yeah. house as the investor. Yeah. You're not the agent. You oh, flip the house. I get it. And then you okay. let the 87% the of the unevolved <laughs> do that legwork. So, anyway, Omar, what were you saying? So, the financial side of it, just like Michael mentioned, financial, the numbers, the calculations, yeah. that side of residential right. leads to financial freedom. Right. 
So there, there's that aspect within it, but it doesn't involve dealing with. Well, that makes sense for you because you're more quiet. You don't want to get out there. Like I think if if I were a real estate you shy agent, rascal, you. I would totally love to talk to people and you know and be able to you so, know, so show them homes I would, and I would window agree. treatments and crown right, so, molding. No, so I, I think that's a big misconception, and and you do have a point. That you're people shy? who are extroverted would more likely you know be out there talking to more people and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you want results. Yes. You could be talking to people all day long for weeks, and if they're not buying, if there's something that goes wrong in the transaction, you're not fulfilling your role. And that's where a lot of people get frustrated with residential, hmm. and they don't continue to pursue it. All right, you guys want to hear the truth, the real truth, and nothing but the truth. All right, this is a skewed conversation. What they're not telling you, all the hype and the pomp of the commercial is that at the end of the day, it's much you make more, possibly more money per transaction, but they are farther and fewer in between, much yes. more subject to economic flows, right? And the reason you don't have all those long hours is because you kind of are working on a slower work-based schedule and your consumers, although they may not be talking about window drapings, are talking about zoning compliance and you know use and credit and construction build out. So it's not like commercial super easy. You work nine to five, have a two hour lunch, and then you just <laughs> we you're, like, you're, you're well, in there making money, well, right? I'm the only Scrooge McDuck of this yeah. group. <laughs> there, they're just two different worlds. 87% of you are not idiots. I would say possibly 40, no one said but not idiots. 87. Yeah, Unavolved, whatever. Say those words. All right, well, but I, I'm embellishing, but still, it's just, listen, different flavor, completely different flavor, yes. two different worlds. Some people like chocolate, some people like vanilla, and then some there's those like that like that black and white shake at Shake Shack where it's a little bit of each. That's the one I, like. I put the malted in there. Or you like sorbet, oh. like Eric. I don't eat sorbet. You know, you know, what, the, you know what the issue is, though? Mango sorbet, if I have them right now. Say, I'm oh. going to say one of the biggest issues as it pertains to, to, to residential, and I'm not discouraging anyone from being a residential agent by any means, but million-dollar listings in New York, million-dollar listings L.A., selling Sunset. There are all of these different platforms, you know, that glamorize... The residential. None agents. of us are pretty enough the to TV be on shows. Sunset, Sunset, except Noel. We are. The, well, no, yeah, the three I mean, of us, four of us are. Maybe not good. you. I think we're pretty good. Yeah. I think we're pretty good. But go ahead. We're talking but, LA, bro. But only one of us here is LA. There's all of these different platforms <laughs> that, that glamorize the, the the residential sector of, of of real estate. And what happens is when you when you're a brand new agent, which we're gonna you know eventually get to and talk about, you know how do you really navigate you know, through a brokerage and, and to find success in any agency, whether residential or commercial. But when you look at these programs, right, and then you go out there and get your license and go to a brokerage, and it's not what it seems to be within the first three or four months, what are they going to do? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna want to fail. You're going you're to want to, you know, pull back just a little bit, right? Because of what's, what's seen out there, right? So whether you're doing residential, whether you're doing commercial, the, the main point is you're going to have to work hard regardless, Yes. right? Regardless, in order to achieve a certain level of success. And as Nima mentioned, yeah, commercial agents deal with certain things that are very different than residential agents, but that's not to, you know, you know, diminish anything. Rasha has a question. So Rasha says, by any chance, and this sort of goes into what you were just saying, do you provide mentorship programs for agents 
interested in commercial, but how do you break into commercial, guys? How email do you you email Eric Anderson at <laughs> the remix. You can you and then um, Hannah just said this sounds great. How do you get started? So I think Well, you got everyone people, on the Kool-Aid now. That well, happened. You're about on. to change statistics. Hold on. I think people This is Eric, the kingmaker here, guys. Eric, can you please tell us how do you get started in commercial? What are some of the first steps you take? You have to be interested in business. And if you're interested in business, or if you're interested in entrepreneurship, or if you're interested in dealing with other businesses, then that's a great way to to know whether or not you're going to succeed. Uh, the so first, can you go the, the to any you brokerage? Do, you could go anywhere to get started, but traditionally, there's different types of commercial brokerages out there. There are some that are super big, like national, and then there are some that are regional, and then there are small residential agents or there are residential agencies that think that they're they can do commercial so mike and i would tell you you have to go to a place that has a presence in commercial um i i personally think the smaller mid-size is better uh if you go to one of the bigger ones you're going to literally be a glorified paper pusher for five years you're not going to make any money and then you're going to get frustrated and you're going to leave um so try to go to a smaller agency that you feel will help teach you and help give you experiences right right away. So one of the things that we do is trial by fire. We just throw you in and we let you get your feet wet. We let you walk in the hot coals and then we're there to rescue you. Yeah, but you- Wait, you make people walk in hot coals with wet feet? I know for a fact that you spend personally a lot of times with agents. That's why you went to him, correct? Correct. Yeah. But this is not about me. But so anyway, so <laughs> but I'm saying talk about what, yes. So so there's there's lots of opportunities. We could talk about that. But one of the really exciting reasons that I love commercial, and we talked about this at the head of the of the show, N R I C. Mm-hmm. So Noelle, I know what you I know you know what it means. I do. You probably don't, or you probably do. Mm-hmm. But Mike, what is, what is what does my N R I C stand for? No rereads in commercial. These are no no rules in commercial. Little man commercial. <laughs> so now if, if any of our instructors are watching this podcast, they're going to start cringing. But when we say no rules in commercial, right, the mind, your mind is the limit of what you can and can't do. So if, if Mike wants to sell uh, a property and he represents a buyer and a seller and, you know, Nima is the bank and Nima's like, <laughs> what is going to be the bank? And Nima Scrooge. says you're not qualified, right? If you can get that buyer and seller to agree to something, it doesn't matter what it is. As long as it can be transcribed into writing by an attorney, it can pretty much be done. Whereas in commercial, there's so much paperwork that has to be done. There's so many rules. That you residential. Have to you got residential. In residential. So for me, when Nima mentioned how hard it was to be in commercial, because there's so many things, which they there are, and it's not that it's hard, it's just you have to know them. But for me, and I know for Mike, it's harder for us to write to have to write a residential contract than it is to go in front of a zoning board. Hundred percent. Well, l- let me explain to you guys from hundred percent. No, it is. Totally. It is. It is. Listen, <laughs> yes, you can't you can't fake it till you make it in commercial. Residential is pretty straightforward. Yeah, like you do a couple deals, you've seen them all, right? There's obviously things to learn on a little bit, but you look at a house. There's a home inspection. Right. There's a checklist. You go through your checklist. You're done. Commercial. There's no checklist. Um, There are no rules. It's just not regulated, right, the way residential is because the legislator believes that uh, a commercial transaction effectively typically involves seasoned businessmen. And they are... 
Excuse me? And women. Well, I think businessmen is gender neutral, right? Yeah. Business people. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's no men and women at all. Business. Oh my God. So. Business <laughs> <laughs> people. Uh, yeah. yeah. So in. In that context, right? So commercials less regulated because it involves people who are more knowledgeable. Now, the legislator basically baby fed residential real estate. You have a form contract that a bunch of lawyers and the New Jersey Real Estate Commission designed. That contract is what everybody signs. Everything is effectively form templated and then modified by attorneys if you're in North Jersey at a subsequent stage. There is no such thing as a form contract in commercial, right? Because commercial is effectively a business transaction. It is customized by virtue of the attorneys no and rules. the people involved. And they have to, there, no two are created equally. There's not a level playing field. So right? there's no contract. What is there? So there's a contract, but it has to be written by the lawyer. Right. But if ba right. basically, if Mike and I were buying from each other, and one of my caveats was, you have to bring me um, a pound of uh, sorbet meat. ice cream or Mango. ostrich meat Mango. that I could give to Nima at Mango. the closing table, and that could be written in the contract, right. and that could be part of your deal. And that's what it is. And that's what it is. Yeah. And there's no well, rules with that. You could do that in residential too. Can you? But, but, yes. but I think I think this is so. Real commercial would be more like it wouldn't be like ab abnormal. It would be more like okay, well, I'm gonna buy this space, but it is subject to me going and getting approvals to convert it to a barn mm -hmm. or 50 apartments, or or I'm gonna rent this space, but I'm not gonna just rent it. It's not just a lease like a residential. I'm gonna rent it. You're gonna give me four months free rent. You're gonna spend. A, you're gonna hear my blueprints. You're gonna build out the office space to my specifications, and then you're gonna tether my rent uh, price per square foot on a six month interval basis. And it's gonna. It, it can get complicated. very complicated based off of what your business needs or desires are. Yes. And the factors are different as well. But also, also the financing is entirely different. Different world. So it's not like how the, the, is the financing different? Different, different rules, different time frames. Uh, all different banks have different types of programs. You could be creative if you can get someone to higher finance interest. it. Hi, simple, the interest simple. rates are different. Right off no, the bat, yeah, that's just interest. one of them. But yeah. you could even get if you have some rich uncle who wants to give you the money to finance a sure. property, you could sure. do that. If we want to go to Omar because he just made Seller a million dollars selling flipping yeah. houses Seller. and borrow the money from him, Seller we can do that. Can do that There's no too. rules. You do residential. No, you but, have but, to be a family member in residential. No, you don't have to have a CO to buy something. Yeah, there's so many different things. It, yeah, it's it's not regulated, right? They don't. They, the government doesn't feel the need to have to hold your hands yes. through it to protect you. Mm -hmm. um, but the the reason that it's not 87 percent 13 because of that, it's because and you know you heard context about um, you know Mike's history and his knowledge, but what what he didn't really get into that. He didn't just wake up and walk into uh, a commercial world and say, hey, I know commercial. He had extensive experience. He sat across the table with the likes of Donald Trump and negotiated construction. He understood the ins and outs of effectively what a commercial builder construction is, and that gave him the ability to be able to do commercial real estate. If you take a couple of classes online, you can't walk into a world like that, right? You can't. Yes, you can if you take them at the Center for Real Estate. No. Education. You, you can go to the best school in the world. Uh, you, you tie that now into what Eric said about where you work. You need mentorship, yes. and that's why you don't see people 
and commercial to the same level as residential because you're not going to walk in and play with the big boys, right? It's a small community. You need to have knowledge. And if you don't protect your client's interests, you can get into trouble. So That's it's how not you have that lawyers. But no, you, the agent has, has liability. So when you have, and I wouldn't, Eric said go to small places. The only small place I would honestly recommend would be, would be, and this is very unique, is somewhere like Eric Anderson's uh, uh, the facility. Thank you. Why? Because, but no, no, but yeah, but I, people have to understand the context of what I'm saying, mm -hmm. right? You're uniquely situated where while you do residential, you know, you were one of the faces of recreating Hackensack. Sure. Hackensack, although the seat of Bergen County mm -hmm. was pretty run down, and I'm not tuning Eric's horn. I, I like to make fun of him more than big him up because he's my friend. <laughs> but ultimately, the reality is. Eric is in a unique position. Hackensack, although has other people involved now, is what it is today because of the vision he saw for it years ago. And with that build, right, he has a foot in deeply into the commercial world that exists here. A lot of local mom and pop shops don't have that and won't have that because they don't have those commercial deals, right? They don't have the, the people don't trust them with it, right? They're not the massive national or international brokerages that will make you an intern getting coffee for eight years until you become a member of their team where you make no money. So I wouldn't say go small unless you have vetted the way you did. You didn't vet the brokerage firm, you vetted Eric. You emailed Correct. Eric. That's why you wanted to be involved with you know, uh, Eric Anderson, sure, sure. right? Because mm -hmm. you knew he was gonna give you that one-on-one -on -one time. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna get that most other places. So don't find your local brokerage and they say, yeah, yeah, you wanna do commercial, come on. Everybody wants to sign up an agent. It's, you're just an agent, they don't pay you a salary. Why not have more? You need to go to a place where actually will train you like <laughs> Eric did. Correct. He spent Thank the time you. to do that. Thank you for that. We, we, no, I'm not gonna high five you. We'll go back to making. All right, anyway, that was it. That was it for I the wanna, entire I year. Add to that because that was great. No, that was great. No, that was great. But I, I do want to add to that though, um, in a sense that when you do pick a brokerage and you do go to a brokerage, it is key to have FaceTime. You go to the larger companies, especially the larger commercial companies, yeah. and what you're going to find is that you're, it's not going to be a a, a di they're not going to put you in a situation where you'll have a, a diverse amount of commercial deals that you can be working on. You're going to go in, either into the industrial department, you're going to go into the retail department, right? You, it's going to be very very different. When what is the go, difference between the when two? you go smaller? Retail and industrial. Well, industrial, you'll think about warehouses, right? Place facilities, manufacturing facilities, and so forth. And retail, you'll think about storefronts yeah. where you have your, your restaurants and your bars and lounges. And when people do specialize, like that. yeah, not always. People do specialize, but if you go to a smaller company, though, the benefit is that the smaller commercial companies tend to be more diverse. So you're going to come in, and if you can get that FaceTime, like like Nima was saying, you, you're going to really have to do that and shadow someone who's very, very active within the commercial field. But if you can, then not only will you be working with warehouses and manufacturing facilities, but you'll also be looking at retail spaces, office spaces, and then you'll have a, a nice diverse portfolio that you're working on, and then you can determine which, which field you wanna work in and specialize in, or you can choose to do everything. So Mike, tell us what a typical day looks like for you in commercial. Leave out the drinking. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's, 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 that's three, three hours left. Okay. All right, so, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. Is he, so, is he <laughs> go ahead. It was Friday at go ahead. two. Go ahead. Yeah, actually, we don't have time to drink these. What is a typical so day? No, it's, so, it's so busy. What's but, a typical day? So the typical day is in the mornings, we have a, a morning huddle, what we call it with our team, uh, Eric and, and the rest of us in our, in our department where we talk about what, what deals we have in place and what do we have to look forward to during the course of the day? What are we gonna do? 
What's our day look like? Each individual person. We come in early in the morning and we discuss that first before we go our separate ways, right? We give Eric the download to let to let him know what we're working on, and then he gives us feedback and and lets us know if we're headed in the right direction or not, or what we have uh, have planned. Once we get that, you know, done. Now, myself in particular, I start to make phone calls. I like the mornings to just make a ton of phone calls to uh, different Mom's individuals. Cousin, <laughs> hasn't touched brother, me in a while. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but I, what, what we'll do we'll do research and then we'll make phone calls to. Uh, a myriad of a bunch of people, people who may be inclined to want to sell their property or want to lease out their properties, right? Um, that's how before you know, I even, How do you know that they're inclined to do so, this? Yeah, so we, we do Great research. Question. We do Excellent question. So we do research. Uh, typically, I like to save my research for the night before. I like to do my research in the evenings, personally. That's my quiet time. It's time where I can just focus and what, what, what I'm looking for. What kind of research? What are you looking for? Yeah. I'm looking for... <laughs> I'm, I'm looking Yo, let for, me get there, yeah. girl. Hold on. <laughs> <down. laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking for business owners, right? Property owners who may have owned their properties for... I'm not going to give away all of our secrets because you have to see Eric's course for that. But world of commercial recareercenter.com. You got to read your obituaries. But you got you got to go. You gotta go <laughs> I only taught that one time to see all the, all of the particular details. But essentially, we look for people who are, who may be motivated to sell their properties, right? And then also people who may be motivated to buy their properties, perhaps buy other properties. Perhaps we we know people who are are doing 1031 exchanges. You can find that out who they are, right? Where they need to get rid of a, a, a property, but also buy another property so that they do not have to pay Uncle Sam. They don't want to give out, you know, pay any capital gains. So it's public tax. knowledge. Ah. Who, it's public knowledge. It's not public knowledge, but there's ways to there's find ways out. There's ways to find out. And you have to, you have to visit Eric's course in order to see what these ways are. We're not going to just give it up for free. Four easy payments in information. So you're breaking your morning up. You're doing your, your huddle. Then you're doing your calls. Doing all my calls. That's that's my morning. Uh, first thing in the morning, and then Lunch towards the strip and then to, <laughs> oh and my then god, my afternoons. That. I like to save my afternoons for doing showings and and walkthroughs and dealing with a lot of my buyers. So we'll go to different properties. Could be warehouses. Could be office space. Could be land looking looking to develop. Uh, may, perhaps we're going to the town to meet with the, uh, the zoning officials over there to just see what can we do. How can we build up certain properties and so forth, right? And so once I get through all of that, I, I hit the potential sellers in the morning. I get to my buyers and showings in the afternoon, and then the evenings post 5 p.m. will say that's when I do all my research and take my notes for the next day, and then we do it, do it the next day. Awesome. So now let's say you that's find this scenario, and you have someone who wants to make an offer on something, right? Mm -hmm. So how, what's the offer process like in commercial versus the offer? Pro everybody, or we'll, we'll go over residential. Residential, there's a standard contract. So that's like, we let Omar talk about it. What, what is the offer yeah. process? Eighty-seven percent. Eighty-seven percent. Don't waste your time what's with this unintellectual in nonsense. <laughs> right. So when when we're dealing with a buyer who's very interested in a, a particular property, and says, "Hey, Mike, Eric, or whatever, I want to make an offer." All right, no problem. Just, this is beautiful, right? Um, he's narrowed it down clearly. We've already worked with him. We've already, you know, vetted him out, so to speak. Uh, but we're going to need some financials from him to, to to ensure that he can afford the property he's looking for. It could be in the form of a, a letter from a bank, or you know, his bank statements, tax returns, to prove to us at least, so we can have the confidence that yes, we can in fact get this deal done. Once we've done that process between us and our client, the buyer, right? Then we'll generate what's called the letter of intent or an LOI is what they would, you know, is what, what we call it, right? Can I tell you a hilarious story? Yeah. 
So someone asked me for proof of funds recently, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know, I was just in a saucy mood, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it pissed me off because I bought a bunch of properties from this person mm-hmm. at all cash closings. We just got, so I just went online and I, I Google imaged bag of money, right? So And that's what you sent him? I took a picture of a bag, like a duffel bag filled with cash, and I sent it to, I sent it to this agent, right? Work. Do not do that, guys. No, yeah. they, <laughs> no, he said no. They didn't think I was yeah. kidding. They freaked out. <laughs> Told me like eight times. I, I was like, yo, if they, like, might as well play along. I'm like, no, just send that over to the other agent. Like, that's stop. That's my. It's been two days and I'm still. You said that to I'm a residential agent, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm still I know going it, with I knew it. it. I knew it. I knew it. You see? You see? You see? Come on, man. When, when that person believed me, it's been two days and I'm now committed to this being, this being my proof of love. You can take cash. You're playing reindeer games with them. You can take cash. That's ridiculous. Can you not pay cash at a closing? Can you? Yeah, you can. I can mean, you really bring a bag that's of money the, that's to That's the, the yeah. seller's Legal responsibility yeah. to Legal deal with it, but yeah. you can pay cash. Title may make you fill out a form or something, yeah. but it's literally just one Google image and typed in bag of cash, <laughs> and they were so into it. Like, I, I can't, I, I can't, this is, I can't do that. I'm just, I'm just sticking to it now. This is my proof of funds. It's so ridiculous. People still use cash. <laughs> it's very rare. I, I really hope that they didn't submit that. <laughs> Oh, All right, so back to, back to the LOI. No, 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 no. Anyway, so we're, we're, we're going to write up the, the, the LOI, the letter of LOI. intent, right? We're going we're gonna to write this up. And inside the, the letter of intent, the components, the components of it, this guy's insane. The components of the letter of intent, really, I think I am. Where, where we discuss who the, who the buyer is, who the seller is. We list the property that we're referencing, right? It could be a lease. It could be a sale. Let's just say sale for now, right? We list the property. Um, some characteristics about the property it could be the size or, or whatever, and then you really talk about the purchase price. How you're going to fund it? Is it a cash deal? Is it done by mortgage? Is it a seller financing? Something. That, another thing that Eric really elaborates on his class. A very good class. You should go take take a look at. Um, so that's uh, that's this is contingencies. This is center for real estate here. You know, contingencies. Uh, Eric's blushing. He's going to put his sunglasses back on. <laughs> I'm not talking about Eric as much as the class. What, what though, are contingencies? You know. So, so contingencies, right? It can be, I want to purchase this property contingent upon something, right? So you want to say it's, it's, or you can use, kind of use the word subject to, or, you know, it's, it's, it's essentially, how, how should I say this? Something has to happen in order to, yeah, something has to happen exactly in order to purchase that property. So you can list out all of those, iron out all those details right within the letter of intent. Um, also, you know, you talk about due diligence period. So a period of time where you may need to do, do some due diligence. Due diligence. What do you do? Uh, <laughs> due diligence. diligence. Tell us what's what is due diligence. It's, it's, a, it's a period of time where, where you can uh, take the time to really investigate the property and you would iron out certain things that you may need to do. Can you that, back out at that point, like during due diligence? Yeah, you, okay. you, would, you would list during that period. Yeah, you can, can, you the, can back can out Can the, of the seller deal. back out during your due the diligence? The seller can back out of the deal. Okay. No? No. Why can't the seller back out of the During the due diligence period? This, no. Well, the, buy, the due diligence period is for the buyer. Only for the buyer. But um, So by that the, point... Definitely not asking out. the lawyer this the legal buyer, question. Yeah, 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 <laughs> the buyer. So why don't we ask, ask Neiman? No. So the no, due diligence period, you can, you can lay out however long a period of time that you need. And it could be for environmentals. It can, you know, to do environmental investigations to make sure that the, the property is clean and it doesn't have any contaminated soil or anything like that on, within the property. Um, any sort of inspections that you need to but do. This sounds like so forth. this sounds like the same thing. So in typically in commercial, it's just a due diligence period is a blanket time frame. Okay. 
where I could wake up in the morning and I could decide that the sun is not out today and I don't want to buy the building. Okay. Right? Once And that in period in commercial. In commercial. Well, uh -oh. you're, I, I've been doing this for 20 years and you're wrong. You could do, you can get out for any All right, reason. All guys. Evan, I'm wrong. You can get out for <laughs> any reason during a due diligence period. It's a blanket. Any reason. You put 30 or 45 day time frame, you can get out for any reason. The seller can't get out during the time, but the buyer can. So okay, we're not talking about like having a lawsuit <laughs> or any of your creative ways of getting out. We're talking about the blanket, basic, bare bones due diligence period. So we just went from saying that commercial is unique to every single transaction to there being blanket, unique. The term due diligence and what it means. Yes, it, it, it all depends on what yes. you guys negotiate. We're talking about the regular version. You can version say due diligence is only subject to environmental major structural. Correct. It right, could so be anything. The way we do due diligence. Do you put that is, in a contract or yeah, it, It's all in a contract and we have our contract. due diligence okay. period. Then we would have an, a, a, an approval mm -hmm. period or an environmental section, whatever. Some people do their environmental during their due diligence. So it really depends on the scenario. Okay. The way when Mike said someone could get out during due diligence, what he meant was if during that due diligence period you came up with something that you didn't like and you addressed it to the seller and you needed the seller to do something, then the seller at that point could say no and get out of the contract. But if, if nothing is found during that due diligence period and the buyer is happy to move forward, then the seller still has to move forward to the next step. Unless Nima comes up with a creative reason for it not to happen. But in I reality, saw a, uh, turkey walking across and some dangerous species have to cancel the deal. It's, it's, it's still very good to iron out what you want to do during that particular period of time. And, you know, I've seen plenty of letter of intents where it just put due diligence period, 45 days, you know, and it's like nothing is spelled out, which in my mind doesn't really make sense. You know, maybe there's a there's a scenario where it calls for that to be just, you know, as as, you know, non-descriptive as possible until you get to the contract phase. But I typically like to spell it out. What, what are we going to do during that due diligence period? We're going to do some environmental inspection. We're going to do structural inspection. We're going to do a building inspection. We're going to do these very things. And if, as Eric mentioned, you know, it doesn't, you know, things doesn't shake out to be clean, environmental, or there's structural issues, and the, and the seller does not want to address these issues, correct it, or give some money back to the, to the buyer, hey, then the buyer can have every, every right to say, see you later. Yes. Goodbye. Now, let's talk about LOIs again for a second. What is our version of an LOI, and then what version of the LOI do we hate? One second. For oh, the 87% of the people who have not yet evolved to this point, can we explain yeah. what an LOI is? We did. We that. did. We said a letter of intent. Well, well, you, were worried, well, you were worried about... Um, explain what the letter okay, of intent is. Okay, what is a letter of intent? Your bag of money. <laughs> letter <laughs> of intent. So instead of a contract, <laughs> so <laughs> residential attorney... <laughs> Omar, what, is it, what do residential agents do? Oh, he's not going to know. He's a sales contract. No, a sales contract. Wait, wait, contract. Wait. <clears throat> Sales contract, it's typically regulated, I guess. Right. Standard. There's a standard. I mean, I know an attorney. It's such an easy thing. It's just a con. It's like it a is a non-binding letter that describes the general terms of your intention to purchase. A That's what an LOI is, a letter so of intent. He, no, he's we're saying about what a residential, residential contract typically is approved by each state, right. and they have a version of what their licensees for that state can generate. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. In commercial, you can't do that. In commercial, we need a NEMA. We need a lawyer to draw a contract. You need a salt. We can only we can only make the terms. Correct. Okay. So remember, a letter of intent is your what? What is it? It's your what to the world? Your first introduction. Impressions. Impression. Uh, 
So what? Tell tell about the good verse, the good otherwise versus the bad otherwise. What about it? See, you 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 try to walk me into that. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to say what. The don't bad mention any names. I don't want to say what the bad no, no, no names. No so names. Come on this show to, nah. to bash people. All right. No names. So give me a name. He's gonna give you a, a residential. Does it start with Derek? Derek Manders versus a professional. So what is it? So what? What? I don't want to bash. Spit it out. Come on. No, no, no. But the show ends within an hour. You gotta go. A residential agent's. Otherwise, just not good because they. Just, oh, you see, that's what you want. Right? That's what you want. <laughs> I want it's, that. It's just yeah. not good. Typically, they use a, a standard document and they try to doctor that document. So they they modify it, which in which they think you know it's going to be acceptable, you know, to a commercial agent, and it always has. A, it ha and uh, probably about eighty percent, right? Eighty percent of the content on their letter of intent <coughs> it can be discarded. Completely thrown thrown out. So we've taken does, over a thousand apply. letters and tents. We've reviewed them, and that's where we come with these. It does, it does, it does it not does come apply. out of our butt. It exactly. <laughs> it really doesn't. It really doesn't apply. I mean, a uh, you know, typically you'll you'll find a, a residential letter of intent is probably like six to eight pages, and it just, <laughs> and it just, it just it just has just just a tremendous amount of information, many of which does not even pertain to a commercial deal <laughs> why or commercial have, property. Why you got so much hate in your but, heart? No, I don't. I love residential <laughs> agent. But why you got Mike, hate in your heart, Mike, man? Mike, yes. so what does your right, letter of intent usually it's look right, like? Yeah, I, we covered that. So. Yeah. so it's, but but it's not going to be that long. It's you not, it's it not that direct. long. It's, it's, it's not really extensive, a commercial letter of intent. It's typically, you know, about two, approximately two pages, which covers the main facts, right? Okay. What's, what's the deal contingent upon? Right. How much is a deal? What's the property? What's the approval period? And what are the contingencies? Right. right. Unless there's, the, if there's Got a it. lot of contingencies, like right. on a development site, then it could yeah. be three or four pages. Sure. It just depends. But the, the point that I wanted you to bring up mm -hmm. was some, some, residential, some, some non-experienced resi uh, residential or non-experienced commercial <laughs> agents yeah. will take a... Like a form, like it was like a, you can print it out from a form from somewhere, you know, and it yeah. actually has like the word name, and then there's a line, and then yeah. it says like purchase price, and then there's a line, yeah. And people actually fill out like a piece of paper, yeah, like their idea. None of any of our viewers are watchers, and if the 87% of you guys stop watching our show after this, which they won't, and because and we and do remember, love residential, and, and it's not that that we're making fun of this, no. but it's just like you have to put your best foot forward, yeah, and here you are as a commercial agent or trying to get in to make a commercial transaction, type up your LOI. Don't <coughs> handwrite it. Don't fill in the blanks. Have you ever gotten Don't a handwritten LOI? Lines. Oh, we do yeah, all the time. All the time. All the time. I've got one that was just an email. Just this is the, These are the terms. So you go. And remember, you're showing this to your seller or you're showing this to, to your client and, and it just it sets the stage across what what people expect from you um even the lawyers see that because we forward all the lois over so yeah. for, from a lawyer's perspective why we want an loi is because we have to eventually draft the contract right mm. so while the loi is not binding as long as it says it's not binding we look to the loi to put in the general terms of the agreement it is sort of our north star it guides us into what the framework of the agreement is and then we plug in all the rest of our uh, our fancy stuff. So yeah. So non-binding. don't mind the presidential people. Just not non-binding. Just means that each it you could it doesn't hold value. Um, it's there. It's like a general agreement, but you still have to go into a contract stage. Whereas when you're doing a residential, that contract when it's actually signed, yeah. there's some there's some bindingness to that. Or not? so New Jersey is unique, right? Where you don't need a written agreement to have an enforceable contract for the sale or transfer of real estate. 
You just need to have the necessary elements of a contract, which effectively is a meeting of the minds on all the material terms. Um, because of that, if you write out an LOI and the nitty gritty hasn't been hashed out and the LOI really is just sort of the framework outline, if you don't put in there it's not binding, that signed LOI can be a contract and can be enforceable. So mm -hmm. LOIs are enforceable unless you are competent enough to put in language in that says this is not enforceable, mm -hmm. which is why you really want people drafting your LOIs not necessarily whether the residential or commercial, but people who have experience and understand the ramifications and the consequences. Typically speaking, people, people who are unique to that field have more experience and know these flaws. So not that residential um, are just not intelligent or can't do it, it's just they have not had the benefit of experience. Mm -hmm. And listen, you learn how to walk after you fall, right? So since they haven't fallen, you don't want to be as a as a buyer on the falling end of someone's learning experience, um, mm. but that's more of the reason why you want someone with experience in commercial if you're going to go that way, as opposed to just a lack of knowledge. And I, I think typically how how Mike got into it, where he started doing flipping houses, that gave him that business transaction level. You know, when you're buying and selling stuff and you're doing it for a business purpose, it actually is a great transition into the commercial industry. But Mike, even before that, Mike, why don't you tell us about what you were doing before that when you were negotiating massive contractor yeah. contracting deals with the likes of Donald Trump and people like that? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we built the second, the previous company I was working with, built the second Trump Tower in uh, Manhattan. And um, I got I kind of got thrown into the to the wolves too, just upon my first uh, my first project. Uh, I was a change order engineer at that particular point in time, getting into the industry. So I was handling, you know, change orders the size of a million dollar change, you know, just by changing a certain on a, on a, a certain aspect of a sprinkler system in a building <clears throat> to million dollars, you know, or or adding a different plumbing, a certain plumbing stack that's three million dollars. So yes, I had to I had to sit in in front of uh, in front of Donald Trump, which is very very interesting. Um, and very, and very, and very intimidating. No, no, no. 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 He, he actually sat. He actually sat in on all of the meetings for his, for his for his building. Oh, okay. Very intimidating. Okay. Uh, okay. Very intimidating presence, by the way. But you know, I had to sit down and negotiate with him and his team of, of engineers and individuals that were working with him. Um, but it was it was great to get my my feet wet. It was a great experience um, for for me, one hundred percent. And, uh, you know, from that, it sort of catapulted me in, into my career in construction, as Nima mentioned, of running projects, you know, 200, 300 million dollar projects, building schools and, you know, high rise condomini condominiums in Battery Park City, uh, schools in Queens, schools in Bronx and uh, college in, in Manhattan. So uh, I, I did have a, a lot of um, professional experience uh, within the business world and so forth. So which definitely helped me. I want to ask a fun question. When you question. know how the sausage is made, it's easy right. to sell the sausage. Yes. I, I want to ask I want to ask a fun question. So, Good I want to know what are the biggest commercial deals you've ever worked on? Like what what I want numbers. I want numbers that are going to make me all kinds of happy. Well, I'll trump you on that one. Biggest <laughs> commercial deal. So, the biggest deal that, that we worked on me. The, 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 the biggest deal the biggest deal that we've worked on um, Probably a $20 million assemblage, which actually hasn't even closed yet. But the biggest check that, that I know that, that we've worked on and gotten was about 490000 Now, Now, nice. it did take, and there's 
commercial people out there doing stuff that are much bigger than us. And, you know, we know that Nima has probably gotten a check for $10 million. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to go because I know. There's no doubt about that. And Omar has probably gotten a $30 million. You guys see how, how mean but, everybody is to me? But um, <laughs> I have feelings. People may not think there is a There is a point that was slow. brought up earlier about time frame. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. It does take time to do some of these bigger deals. So if you're doing an assemblage, which I know Mike loves, and he's going to explain what an assemblage is to you, it could take two years to close. <clears throat> So, you know, they're all residential. But then when you're getting your half a million dollar check, okay, take two years. But so, so there's people out there that are literally right. run on fumes and drive that car for the last six months until right. that check comes in. And then guess what? It may not happen. Right. So you have okay. to have lots of these things. But anyway. And what's, well, the, big, that, what's, that what's, the yours, what's your yeah. biggest one, Nima? 250 million. There you go. 250 million. What, right. type of, what type of a deal was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a commercial hospital acquisition. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Mm. All right. Wow. Tell, tell us, tell us, tell us what I was asking, which I totally forgot what, what it was. No, that's, a, that's okay. You're talking about a, a putting together assemblages. What's an assemblage? What's an assemblage? So just putting together assemblages. So, we didn't ask Omar. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Go what's on. your. Omar's a person too yeah. here, guys. Okay, <laughs> Omar. Oh, you're right. Listen, just because he does residential doesn't no, mean you're you right. delete him from your right. What's your. Oh, well, let's compare. So what is your. What's your. And I'm not big. Okay, what's your biggest not. commercial? Not everybody wants to share. Everybody oh, okay. Yeah. Size. Okay, okay, okay. Some Very true. Have, some people are bigger than others. Very true. No, I don't. I wouldn't say that, but. Or what's the biggest residential deal you've seen? A residential. Residential well, that you've seen. It doesn't have to be wise, yours. The biggest number, that, the biggest can't deal. Can't talk about someone else's size. That we're currently working on is eight million. Okay, so wow. Currently so, working on. That's big, but it's not. Oh big. man, if the girl wow. in the group is telling you that. <laughs> wow. This is I don't mean it like damn, that. Damn, and let's not forget my right, baby. Let's is go back audience. to the assemblage. What is an wow. assemblage, Mike? What's wow. an assemblage? So, uh, just a fun fun fact before I even get there. Me being a coming from the contractor, yeah. me being from a, a, a contractor, right? From my, my previous history, I, I worked for developers, so I built their particular you know properties for them, and I've never really looked at before how did they acquire these properties? What they what was here before? I know there was a, a couple maybe brownstones or so forth here before. How did they get that? How did they acquire that? What process they had to go through? Well, somebody was there to help that particular developer put together an assemblage. Kick out all right? the low-income housing and the old people? Now, why you got to go? No, no, no. Not, not at all. Ignore, no, ignore, ignore that one. Ignore him. So that's what they eventually did. So now, working here in the commercial industry and working on putting together assemblages, what we would do is we would take a location or a particular area um, and then we would, it would be, may have multiple parcels on it. Maybe it could be uh, commercial spaces like uh, um, you know, strip houses. malls or, or, or yeah, a bunch of different houses or, or something that that's, that's, could be old. Or maybe the, the people within that area are more inclined to sell for, for whatever reason. We'd go to these particular individuals, these parcels. We'd talk to these individuals to see if they, can, if they would like to sell. And then we put together a nice package, a nice area. We'll take all of those properties, all of those parcels, put them together, right? And essentially, we can then sell that to a developer who would then knock down all of that land, all of that property, put right? Put it in an Amazon warehouse. <laughs> and then they would, they, would, they would build a brand new property. So if you're ever in the Hackensack area and come to Hackensack and you look at all those nice new developments, those luxury rentals and that, that are being built there, well, they were once properties that had to have been knocked down. There were properties that, were, that these sellers sold Fancy knocked down and then, and then rebuild. <laughs> 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 Separate owners. Separate I mean, even owners. I'm like, wow, what a beautiful process. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> had to be put together. So, all right, so would you say an assemblage allows you to, to come out with some real cool creativity and, and be proud of what you're accomplishing? Absolutely, absolutely. To, to, be able to, to be able to be, <laughs> to be involved on an assemblage where, where you look you look into an area, uh, like particularly one that we're working on right now, and it has a bunch of stores there and so forth, uh, an old gas station. I won't give too much more detail, um, but then eventually that's going to be rebuilt into where you know you can you can look at something that you can be proud of, something where new communities and people from adjacent towns and neighboring towns have a chance to live in and enjoy, and that's and that's really invigorating. All right, awesome. all right, so hold on, all right, hold on. All right. What is your bet? What's your what's your favorite thing? Because because I have a favorite thing about commercial. Yes. So what is yes. your? We're going to ignore it. What is your favorite thing about commercial? Oh my God! So that's a, the that's, a, that's a loaded that's a loaded question. But um, this was this was something that uh, that Nima had mentioned. He mentioned that uh -oh. that doing certain deals with, with, in commercial would be seen as more complex, right, or complicated. I see it as more being more creative. I love the creativity in commercial. I love the fact that there are no rules in commercial and that there's no end to the possibilities of what you can actually do within this field. I love working in retail. I love working in industrial. I love, you know, working the multifamily deals that we're doing. I love it all. And it's, and it's you know, when you get into it, you really see how passionate that you two can become from being in the commercial field. Love that. And the other great thing about commercial is you have repeat customers because if you're dealing with a business owner, they could be buying stuff every month or every year. If you're dealing with investors, they're always looking for more stuff. So it's just unlimited opportunities. There's no, no reason you can't create opportunities for someone to buy. You don't have to wait for a house to come on sale. You can really build that opportunity and you can get someone to buy it. So it's super exciting. What Eric's I, saying is you can only sell someone their dream home once. Well, you true. can sell someone a cap rate unlimited. Good yeah, point. That's, Actually, that's I like very that. good. I like that's that. very good. You've redeemed yeah. yourself. I, like no, I was trying to He's troll. Back. No, He's back. No, He's back. I was trying to troll. No, I was trying to be. All right, guys. Listen, I just have I have a couple housekeeping things, guys. Housekeeping. You want to subscribe, 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 subscribe to us, Hit right? Hit that button over there. You're going to subscribe on YouTube. You're going to subscribe on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button, right? Are you going to subscribe? He already has. Yeah, I already have. You're under 18. How did you subscribe? So. And if you need a calculator, you just go like this. <laughs> no, it's super smart. He schooled me on pi. <laughs> So listen, guys. The kind you eat? I, no, 3.14. No, oh, all right. Um, I want to <laughs> know. She went too. He went 16 decibels. <laughs> I want to know. Last, last thing. Commercial or residential? What should all of our listeners go into? I mean, let's come on. I know what <laughs> it's going to be. Residential? Talk about wild card. <laughs> I'm going to say get into real estate. Ah. Nice. Get your foot in there, Whatever into those doors. <laughs> and then whichever decision you make is going to be the right decision. So long as you evolve. Well, I should go last. Okay. Why last? I I say I I've seen you guys with your meetings and it actually is really, really, really interesting to hear how you guys go back and forth and the kind of creative things you come out to make deals happen. So even though I think I would enjoy going to see other people's houses and You're definitely a residential person. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if that was a good thing, but I, I think that it would be interesting to 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 be to do some commercial deals, commercial or residential, baby. Um, 
Just say a word. Commercial or residential? Commercial. Commercial. Right. Yeah. There he is. Mm-hmm. Right. My response, yo, I don't know any of you guys. I'm looking at a screen, right? So for me to tell you what to do and for you to actually listen to me would be the most ridiculous thing in the world. Do whatever your soul tells you is the right thing to do. <laughs> Find the fastest way to make money and then figure it out. Yeah, Thank you, Nima. All right, Omar. Right. So I, I like his find the fastest way to make money but for most people that's going to be residential so start in residential and work your way up wonderful awesome so Eric, what about you obviously my favorite thing is commercial and the less commercial agents out there the better for me and me and mike however go out there and try them both make sure you get some exposure because really it's whatever your heart tells you whatever you enjoy doing and you'll figure it out it'll just slowly come to you so, thanks for joining us today. Thank Mike, you. thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Mike. Um, thank you, Remember, if, if you visualize it, you can own it. Yes. So, see you next time. All right, bye. Bye, guys. You can find it. You can fund it. You can flip it. <laughs> if you can get the funding, you can own it. If not, piss off. <laughs>